today's episode, we're going to talk about losses in your portfolio and how they can cut your taxes along with, well, it's the end of the year. So setting new year's resolutions. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I'm the founder and CEO of Q Consolidated Limited. We focus on investing and creating businesses in media and entertainment, finance, investing, and insurance, education and e-learning, art, music, and the humanities, earth and human sustainability and advancement, and earth and space exploration and transportation. Our current businesses include 3T Warrior Academy, Q Financial, Age of Radio, and Merlin, to name a few. You can find me on all socials at Age of Jeremy, except on X. It's at Age of Jeremy Q. And you can find me on Facebook at Cesar Jeremy Quintanilla. I had to change it to verify my identity for the little special magical blue check mark. There is a link in this episode description to all of those social media platforms including youtube where we do have videos i just made a video not too long ago about how i like to organize my meetings and that is not just an audio only video it is a video of me talking and doing stuff so i'm really really excited about that and a little trick that i have on microsoft word on how to organize meeting minutes for longer periods of time in one word document and how you can make them collapsible so go and check that out on youtube and then also we put our main podcast like this one you're listening to right now on there as well, just as audio only as a YouTube podcast. So check that out. But I am working on making more and more content to get more and more information out to you about all the stuff that I have going on as I build my businesses, build my family enterprise, and so forth. If you are new to this podcast, again, this is all about the trials and tribulations I go through to build my business empire. And I hope you pick up some wisdom along the way. I also have guests that share their trials and tribulations. I have a new guest uh, episode coming out here soon. Hopefully very, very soon. I did have to push it off a little bit because we did have, you know, it's the holidays, holiday time, and that was taking precedence. But I have those entrepreneurs come on or content creators come on and they share their adventures. The most recent one that we did was Betty Nuggs. She is a tattoo artist here in Phoenix, Arizona, and she has a shop of her own. And I am super, super excited to see her succeed. If you want to see Coach CJV's financial blueprint, blueprint, there is a link to my link tree in the episode description. It is a warrior's guide to financial freedom. Absolutely free. So you check that out. Make sure that you get that. And then also, too, I did want to let everybody know we're taking our 3T Warrior Academy back private. And what we mean by that, it started out originally being private where people would have to sit with someone, uh, learn more about the Academy, see if it was a fit for them. Um, And we are moving back to that process. So if you're interested in that, you can check out the link tree in the episode description for that as well. You can also join my Q Consolidated channel in my Age of Jeremy Instagram account. I provide extra insight on the things I have going on in business and in my life. So hopefully you will find some wisdom in that as well. And it is also free to join. Um, Also, make sure to check out our ageofradio.com to see all of the amazing 
podcast that we have. We will be adding more soon. You can also join our amazing community of content consumers and content creators at our Addicted to Podcasting Facebook group. We just hit over 600 um, um, active members in there. It's like 601 and all are welcome. We have all kinds of great chats that go along with that to help with production, sharing content, learning about content, everything content related. And we are really, really happy about that. So let's get into this podcast a little bit deeper. So I did not release an episode last week. And the reason was, was because it was the holidays. We had a lot of stuff that we were finishing up. So we're getting back on that regular rotation as well. We'll also have a lo-fi episode coming out to you, which is more about the cultural things that are going on in my world. And I usually do it with a lo-fi recording setup. Um, I usually like to use my Zoom Uh, I use a lot of Zoom products. I have a Zoom H1N. I also got a really cool Zoom product uh, for my birthday from my mother. Let me see what it is. It is the Zoom R4. I take every opportunity um, when uh, people want to buy me gifts to always get equipment or something that I can use for content creation as I go deeper in content creation, um, which is one of my biggest goals. Um, one of my new year's resolutions, I guess you could say is to go deeper with content creation, uh, because that was what I started out, um, wanting to do when I was younger. So I am working on getting better and better at that as I put out content and, and think of new content and try to be creative with content. But again, all of this started with a podcast, this coach CJV podcast. And I love podcasting. I love how easy it is. I love how easy it is to get your voice out there into the world now and getting it in front of people. Um, so I always get lots of cool podcasting equipment to be able to record things um, in different settings to also recording. I don't think that we give it as much credit as we should. Um, uh, as, as it relates to archival processes. So one of the things that I've been learning and reading a lot about is ethnomusic, uh, ethnomusicology and musicology in general. And uh, in my findings, a lot of musicologists, um, the, the old way of thinking when it came to musicology was was from an archival sense uh, and, and, and to some extent from the ethnomusicology standpoint as well because it's about getting recordings, archiving those recordings and saving them for future generations. And I think that recordings come a long way and we have so much uh, content at our fingertips. So not only do we need to create that content, we also need to archive that content. And there are ways to take people that are in this world, in this generation and get them to other worlds and other generations in the future. And that's why I love recording and making sure that we're keeping the recordings and we're archiving all of the recording properly for future generations, but not to go on a huge tangent about that. I have this zoom R4. I got it. Actually, the original reason why I wanted it was not to do podcasts. I actually wanted it for when I write and record songs or when I'm writing songs and trying to come up with the lyrics and kind of trying to find out the chord progression, getting it in a good, clean recording, not from like my phone or from my Zoom H1N and not having to set up my regular setup, which is my Zoom uh, L8. Uh, And then I do have a rack that doesn't have anything on it yet. And that's going to change over this year as well as we move forward further into where we're going. And I'm going to be talking a lot about some of these these things on the lo-fi episodes. So make sure that you check those lo-fi episodes out. They only come out on the podcast feed, the RSS feed. So you will have to subscribe to the podcast in a pod uh, cast app like uh, Spotify or uh, Google podcast or um, 
uh, Apple Podcasts. But um, I think that some of the stuff that I'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks and getting that into a regular rotation is going to be phenomenal. And I'm also super excited about the interviews. But I digress. Let's talk a little bit about taxes. Again, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I'm also really focusing on is we start building our insurance uh, business through Freedom Asset Management and through Q Financial. Um, for my portion of me going into the insurance business, uh, one of the things that I always want to talk about on our main episodes here are taxes. If there's anything interesting more in, in taxes, because one of the things that I want to move forward to is being uh, kind of like my brand being about taxes, understanding taxes more, being able to help people with taxes, getting clients on in the future that help them with taxes, becoming an enrolled agent, having lawyers that work for me, and so forth and so forth. And so I want to make sure that I'm staying up to date. But more importantly, I want to make sure that you have something for you to benefit you if it makes sense for your situation. So this comes from a Bloomberg article. It is written by the amazing Suzanne Woolley and Claire Bellantine. Bellantine. I don't know who they are, but I am sure that they are amazing, amazing individuals. And so this is about losses in your portfolio and how they can boost returns and cut taxes. Again, you have to have a, a subscription to the Bloomberg um, to Bloomberg website to be able to read this, but I think that it's worth you having. Everybody should have um, access to as much news articles as they should or can because it is very beneficial and gets information in front of you. Um, so this article is, again, about strategic tax loss harvesting and how it can improve a portfolio's after-tax returns and offset ordinary income. And again, ordinary income is your bracket income that you pay taxes on, essentially. I mean, you pay taxes on all income. But when people think of paying taxes on income, they're usually thinking of ordinary income. So let's talk about this for a second. So taking investment losses doesn't feel good, but done right, it can lower your tax bill and boost after-tax returns. If you don't know what it take, uh, an investment loss is, essentially it's when you invest in something and you end up selling it and you take a loss. So tax loss harvesting is the wonky term for a strategy that lets you use losses to offset taxes on capital gains owed when you sell at a profit. Those investment losses can offset gains, not just from other securities, but from gains on the sale of a home or of a business. Even with the S&P 500 up more than 20% in 2023, investors can still use this strategy, according to Mark Lukic, head of tax-advantaged equity and Northern Trust Asset Management. Mark Lukic says, we see plenty of opportunity to lock in losses before year end. She said, and it's Mary Lukic. I said the name wrong and I realized it after I said she said. So Mary Lukic said this. We see plenty of opportunity to lock in losses before you're in. She said more than a third of S&P 500 securities are in the red. Not only can losses help manage capital gains, they may be used to offset ordinary income. If you have losses but no capital gains or have net losses even after offsetting capital gains, some of those losses can be deducted against ordinary income up to $3,000 a year. Losses you don't use in one year can be carried forward indefinitely for future use as well. We think of this as a year-round strategy, said Minari Vora, head of Wealth Investment Solutions at Goldman Sachs Asset Management. You can do it almost every month subject to the market. Vora and Lukic both said that tax loss harvesting can add between 1% to 2% to after-tax returns annually. So how this works, depending on how long 
you've held a stock, capital gains taxes can be pretty painful. Tax on long-term gains, positions held for more than a year, is either 0, 15, or 20%, depending on your taxable income and filing status. Positions held for a year or less, however, are taxed as ordinary income. For top earners, that's a 37% federal rate and capital gains taxes in high tax states such as New Jersey, New York, and California can push that rate to around 50%. Moreover, tax loss harvesting is more than just selling losers to offset gains. The idea is to sell losers and then replace them with holdings that keep your portfolio the same overall composition. The same exposure to certain industries or in line with any benchmark index your portfolio is meant to track. That can be a little tricky. Investors aren't allowed to take a taxable loss in a security and then just buy the position right back. The so-called wash sale rule requires that the same security or what the IRS calls a substantially similar security not be bought within 30 days before or after sell. Spouses can't buy that same or similar security for their portfolio during that period either. An example that would be allowed, however, is replacing a position in Moderna Inc., which is down about 50% this year, with shares of Pfizer Inc. to maintain a similar stake in healthcare companies. The same could be done with stocks like General Mills Inc. down 20% and Campbell Soup Co. down 23% or CVS Health Corp. down 19% and Walgreens Boots Alliance Inc. down 31%. Each of these companies have different risk profiles than their peers. However, so it's smart to dig into company details to find the best fit or and also I'm adding talk to your own financial advisor and tax consultant. Harvesting exchange-traded funds or ETFs. Tax-loss harvesting can also be done with exchange-traded funds. For example, you could replace the Spider S&P Regional Banking ETF with the iShares U.S. Regional Bank ETF or the Global X Cannabis ETF with the Cambria Cannabis ETF to make sure that you don't violate the wash shell rule. Try to pick a replacement ETF that tracks a different index. Some mutual funds have also distributed capital gains this year, which can be offset by tax loss harvesting. Mutual funds offer incur, often incur capital gains when their portfolio managers buy and sell securities within the fund, either to reposition a portfolio or to meet redemptions when the client pulls money out of the fund. If the security has risen since it was purchased, there will be a capital gains tax. Those taxes in aggregate get passed on to fund holders. Funds with some of the biggest tax bills, including the Columbia Real Estate Equity Fund, Delaware Ivy Value Fund, Federated Hermes, Kaufman Large Cap Fund, and J.P. Morgan Tax Aware Equity Fund, according to Morningstar. All these funds are set to pay out more than 20% in estimated distributions. The capital gain distribution on a mutual fund is expressed as a percentage of its net asset value, which is the fund's assets minus its liabilities, divided by the number of shares outstanding. Go and read the article and you can look at that formula a little bit easier and better. The capital gains for ETFs are usually much less due to their more tax efficient structure. Very few ETFs are expected to distribute capital gains for 2023, according to Morningstar. Also, robo-services. Robo-services have come up over the last couple of years, um, and they're going to continue to get stronger because robo-services, in my opinion, can sometimes do a better job picking stocks than maybe you're not a regular human can, but that's my personal opinion. But the article goes on to say that robo-services, keep in mind, robo-advisors, 
like Betterment and Wealthfront can do the work of tax loss harvesting for you. Many have automated systems running throughout the year that sell securities at a loss in order to offset other positions to sets to incur a gain. And again, that's where I'm going back into why robots can do things better for you or algorithms can do things better for you. Often the algorithms can do it more efficiently, the article goes on to say, which I just said, um, than investors on their own. So for instance, Wealthfront Software harvested $1.5 billion in losses in 2022. The average potential tax savings was worth 2.9% of a client's portfolio value, the company said. So depending on how you're trying to manage your portfolio and how you're managing your wealth with playing inside of markets or investing inside of markets, robo-advising or robo-services can be very, very beneficial. And I have had lots of robo-conversations take that back. I've had some deep robo conversations or algorithmic trading conversations with many people over the last couple of years. And hopefully in the future, um, my businesses or my organizations or what have you will have something um, to that capacity because I really think that artificial intelligence, algorithmic trading, or anything with artificial intelligence or where robots are using algorithms um, or software is using algorithms, I keep saying robot, software is using algorithms is going to continue to get more and more advanced. And so as I have been saying, as it relates to artificial intelligence over the last couple of episodes, make sure that you're understanding artificial intelligence, make sure that you're understanding um, softwares that trade in algorithms um, uh, or any other types of products or services that use artificial intelligence and or algorithms to um, uh, for their services. So with that being said, make sure to check out this Bloomberg article to learn more about tax harvesting. Go and research tax harvesting on your own. The link to this uh, Bloomberg article will be in the episode description. So make sure that you check that out and get a uh, subscription to Bloomberg. No, I'm not sponsored by Bloomberg. I just like using Bloomberg and I love reading the news and I'm going to be buying some more subscriptions to more stuff so I can bring you more information if there is not some new tax information to bring you as well. So with that, we will be right back after maybe a, uh, a message from uh, a sponsor or some type of commercial. You might hear one. We're going to go do that right now. All right. So we're coming up on 2024, which is amazing to me. We started Motivation Health and Life with Coach CJV back in August of 2017. So August of 2020. Four will be seven years, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, 24, seven years. I can math. And so a lot of stuff has happened. I will say the last two years uh, since I stepped away from the, the bank that I worked at, which was Wells Fargo, stepped away from Wells Fargo in 27, 2017, Jesus, in 2022. I ended in December, started uh, 3T, Warrior Academy full-time, which is a business that I own, um, in 2022. And it has been a whirlwind since. Uh, we blew up, skyrocketed, essentially like overnight to some extent. I mean, you go making, you know, thousands of dollars a month to making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in a business and things change rapidly. People want to start businesses with you. We advanced our ecosystem. I kept saying yes to everything under the freaking sun. And I am working on not doing that still to this day is to not saying yes, unless it moves 
me and my family forward in the things that I want to be involved with and to be known for in the future. And that is one of the biggest changes that I am focused on in in 2024 because of the fact that a lot of the things that I used to do, um, I have never been one to get up regularly early as, you know, like two or three or four in the morning, but I have been known to get up at six and go running and just over the last couple of years, just getting very, very involved with work and trying to get certain things happen, specifically Merlin, keeping Age of Radio afloat, growing Q Financial, now getting ex- the, the money set aside to hire people for other businesses, to get those businesses making revenue in different capacities. A lot of things have, have, have changed in the way in which I manage time because a lot of the times like in the morning from Monday at 7, 7.30, I start working. I end maybe about five or six, but then I come back and work some more. Tuesdays is meetings, and and then I used to do some stuff, but I had to change it around, and that's until the evening, and then we do stuff for Merlin um, or a company called Fingers Crypto Assets that we have, and then on Wednesdays, I have Merlin meeting from 7 at night to 10 at night, depending on daylight savings time, and then on Thursday, I do get a chance to do some really good work in the afternoon, and Friday, I get a really good chance to do a lot of work in the, in the late morning or early afternoon, depending on what's going on, and those are the things that I am really trying to minimize and change where a lot of my time can go into working and building other things. Um, uh, But then also too, knowing that I need to get better at hiring, delegating, teaching, training, moving people up, getting them paid more and, and all of that as well as we move forward. So I'm not blind to that specifically. I know that that's something that I need to focus on. But Along with that, other than just writing down my tasks and my goals, I haven't really set up a, a lot of time to really focus on more short-term, long, medium, and long-term planning, not only for myself, but for my family and for a lot of the businesses that I want to do and what that really looks like on paper and draw that out. Um, and so I don't think that you need to have you know a, a specific day to start setting goals and get better at it. I think it's it's kind of a good reminder at the end of the year to go back and reassess those things. I personally like to do it on my calendar year. I did haven't gotten a chance to do exactly, and by calendar year, I mean on my birth year, on my birthday. So for instance, I'm born in October. I like to reassess everything in October for the following year. Um, and that's kind of the same thing as, you know, a New Year's resolution. Um, but throughout the year, I reassess it and then I make changes and set new goals. And that's more of what I'm trying to say is you can start doing it anytime. And there is never a better time than right now to get your shit together. But I do think that there are some things a lot of people, they don't set New Year's resolutions. They're not good at goal setting in general, or they don't know about goal setting. And so I like to take this time every year to talk about goal setting. Um, And I, I think that we have lots of great new tools that we didn't have last year, especially as it relates to um, co-pilots is what Microsoft refers to them as. Um, and Microsoft's actual co-pilot is called co-pilot. But then Google has barred, there's ChatGPT, there's all kinds of stuff that's out there that allows us to really help us gathering information, utilizing information, ideas with information, all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to go through some of the things that I found here utilizing one of those co-pilots. And I'm going to sprinkle in my own fairy dust and magic or whatever you want to call it. Um, on the things that I think that work really, really well when you're going into, you know, planning, especially in, in, as it relates to a, a resolution. Um, but I think that it's really time that if you're listening to this, no matter what you're doing, sit down, start to plan, get your life 
to where you want it to be because goal setting and writing it down and looking at it, you will move forward at it. There has not been anybody that I've met in the thousands and thousands of people that we've coached. Over 8,000 people have gone through our 3T Warrior Academy. Before that, I did a lot of mentoring with people inside of the bank. And you will see a lot of, you will find that if you do set and use tips and plan and manage it and measure it, you will move forward and you will be further at the end of the ne- the year than you were at the beginning of the year. And so, so when we think about it, I think the first thing that we want to think about when it goes to setting new resolutions is you need to focus on starting a new habit rather than quitting an old one. Quitting smoking is a very good habit to quit, but when you think about it, you're kind of trading off a habit anyway. So you could resolve to start meditating or exercising whenever you feel the urge to smoke. In fact, that's kind of what I did. I would meditate or I would exercise or I would play guitar or read a book whenever I had the urge to smoke. And then that helped me not have that habit of going out and smoking. So even when I think you're thinking about like quitting something, you're really just exchanging habits. And so you need to figure out a new habit to replace that old habit. And that's going to help you move forward. So that's the first thing. The other thing that's talked about a lot is you really want to choose realistic goals that are sustainable for the long term. And this goes into any type of goal setting. So don't set yourself up for failure by aiming too high or too fast. Pick something that you can realistically achieve and maintain, and that will bring you lasting benefits. So for example, instead of resolving to lose 20 pounds in a month, you can resolve to lose one pound per week by following you know, a health plan, a diet plan, doing our 120-day challenge, which we're all kicking off in the 3T Warrior Academy together on July, July, on January 8th. So you want to make sure that it's something that you can do for the long term. A lot of the times when we set goals, even for business, we don't think of long term. And we think, and, and, and a lot of the times we don't think we think that by, by doing something, we think it's going to be easy, but is that something that you're going to be doing, whether it's in your business or outside of your business, something that you could do for 10 years straight? If you can't do it for 10 years straight, then you might want to rethink doing it. And you might say, that's a little ridiculous, Jeremy. You can maybe do it for a year or something. And that's true. But the point is you want to make sure that it's something that you can maintain for a long period of time. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons why businesses fail is because they don't think they don't do things in the capacity for sustainability and sustain sustainability for very long periods of time. The other thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that your goals are specific and measurable and that they're not vague. And I hope these are things that you've heard in the past. And that's one of the things. It's just really taking these, getting them, getting it organized, finding out what your goals are, getting them to a place where you can look at them, see them, and then move forward with them. So make sure, sure that the goals are specific and measurable and not vague. A vague goal is like, I want to be happier. Um, and that's something that's really hard to track, or I want to be wealthier. Well, what does that mean? We have to get the core or to the origin of what it specifically means for these specific things. So rather than saying, I want to be happier because that's not track, you know, trackable, you can make it more specific. Like I want a specific, I want to practice gratitude every single day. That's easier to measure and follow because you can write down in a gratitude journal, which we do do in our 120 day challenge. And that tends to make people happier. So rather than saying, I want to be happier, that's like the end result. But what are the things that I can track on a regular basis that will move me towards that end result? And that's the thing that you want to do. 
another example of that is if we're thinking about business and sales, well, when you're thinking about business and sales, it's all about activity, right? So you have activity and efficiency when it comes to sales. So for activity, you need to be on the phone, making dials, getting leads, following up, <clears throat> doing emails, all this stuff, right? And so you can set it where I need to call 50 to 100 people a day, or I need to get myself and five other people on my sales team, them all calling 100 people a day, and me managing them, calling 100 people a day, and making sure that that activity is getting done, making sure that stuff's getting logged, making that we're doing the follow-up. And then we can look at that efficiency and say, okay, well, how efficient are you as opposed to how much activity that you have? And then we can work on making you more efficient through coaching, or we can work on upping your activity if we know that you are really efficient at it. But the thing about those is those are specific things that we can say. We can say, okay, well, we need to get their activity up to 100 dials a day or they're making 100 dials a day, well, then we need to either bring that down so that we can spend more time with the customer and be more efficient in the offering that we have, right? Because that would give us the, a higher result as well by bringing that down, getting that efficiency up or keeping it at those dials and getting their efficiency up. So those are the things we're talking about when we're talking about making things specific and measurable is getting it in a way that maybe is number driven, I guess, or that we have key performance indices that we can follow. So the first one is focus on starting a new habit rather than quitting an old one. Choose realistic goals that are sustainable for the long term. Make sure your goals are specific and measurable and not vague. And then another one is be flexible and open to changing your goals along the way. And this is the reason why we do feedback loops, or you at least have a feedback loop with yourself where during some time during the year, you go back, you reassess what's going on, and you make specific changes because sometimes life happens and you may face unexpected challenges or opportunities that affect your goals or, in this case, your resolutions. Don't be too rigid or stubborn about sticking to exactly what it is that was happening. You need to be willing to adjust your goals. And sometimes when in business, we might call this pivoting or we might call it, okay, we're doing this. We're seeing that it's not working. We need to move. We need to reassess. We need to re-goal. And then we execute and we move forward and then we do that all again. The other thing that we can do is we need to identify the obstacles that might get in the way of our success. This is one that we don't talk about a lot because, A, it's, you know, you have to sit and think about it. So that can be maybe stressful for some people. But if we think ahead of what might prevent us from achieving our resolutions and, and plan how to overcome them, we can move a lot. We can move a lot better because we're thinking of where the pitfalls are going to be. And if we're doing that in, in our personal life, we're going to go so much further. And if we're doing that in our business life, we are going to probably go not only further, but hopefully outdo our competition because of the fact that they might not be looking at the obstacles that we're looking at, or we can be looking at some of the obstacles that they might be coming up against and being able to solve for those, pro those problems that are existing in our organization. So identifying obstacles are going to make you much more successful in the long run. Um, another example might be for a resolution piece is if, if you want exercise more, if you want to exercise more, but you know that you tend to procrastinate or get distracted, you could schedule your workouts in advance, set reminders, and then eliminate distractions. And so it's really all about looking at it and finding out what's going to prevent you from achieving your goal and then solving that now so that when and if it, if and when it happens in the future, you can overcome it 
and move forward. The other one that people don't talk about a lot, or at least I don't see people talk a lot about, is accountability. What we have found in our 3-2-Wire Academy is that accountability is the key more than anything to people's success. Most people will pay more just to have accountability than any other thing because people need someone to guide them. They need to push them. They need to help them get them out of bed in the morning. And, and not everybody, but some a lot of people. That's one of the things that we find out the most. So having someone who shares your goal or supports your efforts can make a big difference in your motivation and commitment. You can check in with each other uh, uh, regularly. You can share your progress and challenges, celebrate your achievements. You can also join a group or community. I always talk about joining Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or whatever. Being parts of communities can help lift us up and it can help us move forward. That's the, to be honest, that's the reason why I'm still part of the three, two warrior Academy to this day um, uh, is because there was a moment in, in the three, two warrior Academy history where I had heard a warrior say that because of the, the first time that I heard so, about someone's story, what had happened to them, and that because they had us, the 3T Academy, CJV, and all that we did, they it, it prevented them from taking their own life. And to me, that was, to me, <clears throat> that was the defining factor that said, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. And if it turns into something, it turns into something. If it doesn't turn into something, I'm still going to do it because it is so beneficial for people. And, and if it helps one person, that's enough. But that example is a perfect example of why communities are so important and why we should be part of communities, why we should have a Sangha, which is the community in Buddhism, why the Sangha is so important or why the community is so important. We should cherish it, grow with it, be a part of them. Um, and because they can help us, they can hold us accountable and they can lift us up. And so if with whatever goal that you're setting, whether it's business, a new year's resolution, whatever, make sure that you have someone that you have that can support you with that because life is not easy. Um, business is not easy. And having those support systems have been some of the best things that I've chosen to do and, and, and chosen to share um, my trials and tribulations with people personally so that they can help me through them when those things get tough. Um, the other one, this is something that I do a lot, <laughs> set up reminders to help you stay motivated. Sometimes you forget, I forget uh, why I made the resolution in the first place or what I was trying to accomplish. So you have to keep, you have to keep reassess, re-inspiring yourself. And one of the, those reasons, the one of the ways to help re-inspire yourself is to set up reminders to remember why you did it, set up reminders to help you stay motivated, but also to set up reminders um, of of rewarding yourself when you do a good job. So if you have been doing something for a long time and you get a reminder that comes up, I use Microsoft to do a lot on my phone. That's how I get my reminders. You can use Google, whatever, whatever your phone service has reminders on it. You can use reminders to say, Hey, have I accomplished something? Am I rewarding myself? You know, because if you're not rewarding yourself and you're just going through the motions and the goal is happening, but you're not really paying, you're not paying close attention to the little wins, then you're going to get demotivated over demotivated over time and not want to move forward with it. Um, and that's why I think that like alarm systems, reminders are super, super important, even sticky notes. I know that there's this big ass calendar thing that's going up on TikTok right now. You could buy that and you could just put a sticky on one of these days and be like, hey, remind yourself that you're doing a good job. Reward yourself for all the accomplishments you've done. And it also reminds you to look back and say, oh shit, I haven't been doing anything. I should probably get my shit back on track, um, which goes into the, the next one, which is tracking your progress. 
You need to keep track of your progress because it can help you see how far you've come and what you need to prove. You can use a journal, a spreadsheet, a chart, an app, whatever. Just look at it and hopefully you have some type of measurement that's a numeric measurement in some capacity that you can look at on a regular basis to see that it's getting proving. I think that that's one of the reasons why people mainly talk about and talk mainly talk about and set like fitness and health goals. Super easy to see the progress. Super easy to measure the progress. Not super easy to do. Super easy to measure the progress if I'm going to lose weight uh, to some extent. I mean, if you're looking at trying to figure out your water rate and, you know, your body mass index, I, I think that, that might be a little bit more difficult. But like for the most part, you can see your weight. You can see your biceps changing. You can see your path sizes changing. You can have all these different measurements that you could do. But when we think about like other types of progress and measurements, like I want to spend more time in music theory this year. I want to spend more time learning better to play classical guitar specifically. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to grow my fingernails on my right hand because I bite them. They break. I tear them. It's horrible. But either way, I want to be a better classical musician moving forward as I have been studying musicology and ethnomusicology and something that interests me about writing about in the future, even if it's just scholarly articles for myself that I research and do and put out in the world. And if they get, maybe they'll get on Google Scholar or something. I don't know. But the point is, is that, is that that's much harder to measure, right? Like I, I can measure it maybe like say, you know, I can now play this piece and faster. I can play these things. I, and I'm saying, so let me go back. In my mind, it's easier because I've been playing music for a long time. But if you're like thinking, oh, you know, I've never played an instrument. I want to play an instrument. You might be, how do I set a goal for measurement? Those can be more daunting than they can be for saying setting it for fitness and wellness. So when we're looking at the something like a musical instrument, you have to be like, okay, I want to be able to play this type of piece at this specific period of time. Or I want to be able to memorize these scales. Or I want to be able to run through these scales in some portion of time. So those are still things that are measurable that I need to track on a regular basis. And I think that we we forego doing other types of goals in our lives because of the fact that a lot of them are harder to measure than say something like health, fitness, um, wellness, thing, wealth, financial status, things of that nature. And so I've been in trying to encourage people and talking about it a lot um, that have other goals you can have other things besides those regular ones. Try to go deep with them, but try to have a way to measure them and try to have a way to track the progress of them. And to do that, some of the things that you can think of, like I had mentioned, or things that I can think of, have thought of, are journaling, spreadsheeting, charts. I love Microsoft products. I don't know if that's new to you, um, but I like Microsoft Planner. I like Microsoft To Do. I like OneNote. I, li I do like Google Keep a lot. Utilize those types of things. You have all kinds of resources available to you to help make you successful. And remember, you don't have to wait for the new year to start working on your goals. I encourage you to start working on your goals right after you listen to this podcast. So to recap, focus on starting a new habit rather than quitting an old one. Choose realistic goals that are sustainable for the long term. Make sure your goals are specific and measurable. Be flexible and open to changing your goals along the way if you need to. Identify obstacles that might get in the way of your success. Partner up with an accountability buddy. Set up reminders to help you stay motivated. And of course, track your progress. Hope you enjoyed the show. As I always say, Namo Amida Butsu. 
Be thankful, grateful, and kind, and I will talk with you next time. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast episode. Make sure that you like and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Share it with a friend so we can get it in front of as many people as possible. And if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, head on over to YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel for all other amazing, amazing content or content that I'm working on making more and more amazing Whichever you prefer, it's one of those two things. The opening song was Brave Faces Everyone uh, by Spanish Love Songs. The closing song was Illuminati Hotties, Threatening Each Other, Recapitalism. I use Neumann microphones. I record normally on my Zoom L8 to Steinberg's, Q- Steinberg's Cubase while using Waze plugins or using Waze plugins in post, I guess would be a better way to say it. But either way, One last time, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We will talk with you next time. Bye.